Welcome to the Glass Moon podcast. In each episode, we take a look at how we can humanise the workplace. Conversations with fascinating guests, uh, sharing their enormous experience on what really what it really means to build workplaces fit for humans. Uh, joining me as always is my partner in conversation, Carol Edmund, founder and CEO of Glass Moon. And uh, in this episode we're going to be taking a look at contextual leadership why context is so important in all aspects of leadership decisions um, and, and progress um, i'm suzanne jacobs uh, founder of the seven and specialist in trust and intrinsic motivation um, and my research for the past decade has focused on the neurobiology of and the practical tools and application uh, to be able to create a culture that we well, us humans really can, can truly thrive. So hi, Carol, how are you? I'm really well, thanks, Suzanne. And it's good to be back behind the podcast microphone. I'm kind of right and raring to go. So yeah, I'm really thanks. How are you doing? I'm all right, I'm all right, yeah. It's a few, a few bits of disruption at the moment with the, with the pandemic. So uh, an eldest child sent home from school, but uh, outside of that. It's all, uh, we're taking it all in our stride. It's context is everything, as we we're about to discuss. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and it, it's fascinating, isn't it? Because context is so important. And, and I've certainly had my fingers burnt when I've not really taken the time to look around. And I, and I think that, you know, there's no denying that when we're recording this, we're still in the confusion and, and uncertainty amplified by, by the pandemic. But there was there's so much that was happening already in the workplace colliding from the fourth industrial age to the gig economy to shrinking globalization to, you know you, you name it it was happening and i think we're really facing a, a torn map and we need to be able to map out that territory so we can start to understand what the context actually is um and i know that so often we face tools and models and frameworks that, that, can, can, that we can accidentally be confined by. So what do, you, what do you think about context in that essence? What's important and what, what, have you, uh, what have you seen happen in terms of particularly in the leadership space? Mm. And I think um, we, we put out a blog last week where I talked about my, my light bulb moment and my epiphany with context was um, at 37,000 feet in an airplane. <laughs> Uh, heading to Australia when it was one of those kind of like blindingly obvious moments that you sort of think why haven't I thought about this before and it was literally um we we'd done an action research program uh with some people in the organization we sort of um asked uh, insightful questions well I hope they were insightful questions to the people in the company about how we could develop a it was more of a leadership development framework to kind of help pull together everything we were doing from a, um, a strategy perspective, from a governance perspective, from an engaging people. And so we wanted to kind of understand what that looked like in its broadest sense. But the bit that was really missing that, that kind of that gave me the epiphany, epiphany was we were talking about leadership in a much more generic context, like it could apply to anybody in any industry. Yeah, actually, we were in a specific context, and at that at that time, it was you know it was early education. It was leading children to learn, and and the the moment for me was the 
if we're in a context where where we are wanting children to develop skills for lifelong learning, then why wouldn't we mirror that context for the adults in that environment? And it was just having that kind of that realization around how do we create an environment where we want people to be curious and to ask insightful questions and to maybe not so much learn through play as the children were doing or are doing, but learning through action and reflection and more learning action reflection. And so it was that notion that if we can mirror the context of the organizational purpose with the context of adult learning and leadership development and leadership learning, would we be more effective? And so that was my kind of epiphany at that point but subsequently of course it's much more um complex than that and as much as you and i have talked about this in, in the past in terms of context really lives at three levels you've got the individual context and that was something that came out in the research around you know people's well-being is really important when it comes to leadership and learning and doing further education because if they're not well either physically or psychologically they can't learn if they haven't got the headspace they can't learn then the team and social level and then the organizational level so um me in context, I've had a lot of conversations in the last eight years, I'd say. Yeah, I love that. Me in context of a lot of conversations. And, and I think, do you know what? I, it, I love that bit about you saying, I think we should learn through play, actually. We, 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 we put the sense of play back at a child's level. But where does, you know, when you think about how a child is always curious, uh, they're always experimenting and exploring. And we know that's where, you know, that's why playtime is so important in, in child development. But actually, we, we, we tend to, um, to leave it out. And we, we get, as we get a bit older, the education system and then the organizational system and then the leadership techniques that combine, can confine us um, are all set up for convergent thinking and not divergent thinking. We need curiosity. We need exploration. We need to experiment. And you think about, as moving into the fourth industrial age, all the skills that are required right now are deeply human. They are um, creativity, they are empathy, they're, they're social awareness, it's all of these aspects. Mm. You know, if we want to deeply innovate, we've got to think differently and we need a different way of being able to map the context. And I think we've got to keep asking the right questions. We so often don't ask the right questions. You know, wasn't it Einstein that said, if I had an hour to save the world, I'd spend 55 minutes working out the right question and then five minutes solving it. So, and, and I think that's, and that's the thing, isn't it? You know, humans, we're pretty messy. We're all unique. And, and the leadership, particularly in that shifting and changing context is, is really an art. And I think there's so much of the science that gives us insight, but it's the application, the real world application, the real world experimentation and context is always the variable. And we can transfer our skills and we can bring our experiences, absolutely. But we've always got to be able to have eyes open and be curious about what's, what's going on. And, and I think that's, that for me is that whole worry about the leadership development around that sheep diff approach. Yeah, and I think, I think it's a really good point around the insightful questions. And I think part of the reason we don't ask insightful questions or we're not encouraged is because it's just easier to maintain the status quo um it's just easier to do the same old same old same old same old and i listened to a podcast a couple of days ago when they talked about um no matter how dysfunctional the process can be or the organizational system 
there's real resistance to change because we just like what we know um, and we're just comfortable with that. And this notion of like asking these insightful questions because if we ask them, then we've got to do something about it and we're just so we're just so resistant to that. And it's like, how, how do you get that to change? And it comes back to the, you know, how do you create that, that safe environment to do that, that more playful, that more curious? Um, how, how, how does the environment start to look like that? How does the context look like that? Because if it looks like that, then any leadership development intervention or program that you put in place is gonna, is gonna work much more effectively. But if you haven't got that, then it just simply won't and you're wasting your money. No, no, exactly. And, 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 and yeah, I mean, we're, we're naturally resistant to change. You know, we, our brains are pattern matching our environments all the time. They're constantly predicting what's about to happen next, but in ambiguity and uncertainty or just change by its own nature is, is unknown. So we've got to start getting comfortable with being uncomfortable. And, um, I loved the uh, quote that you put into your, your, your blog and in you, Peter Drucker, you know, there's nothing so useless as doing efficiently that which could be, should be not be done at all. And, and you know, it's, it's that let's, let's just look outside of why are we doing this? Can we do it differently? Um, what, what are we trying to solve? What's the problem? And I had the um, pleasure of working and, and learning from a, a tribal leader from the, the Maasai Mara just recently. And uh, he, he tells this story about, you know, that he had um, some very senior Western leaders come and, come and visit him. And uh, one of them asked, well, so who, who is the leader around here? And he said, well, what problem are you trying to solve? And I think that's, that's so important. We need that collective divergent thinking around leadership at, at all levels absolutely because you know i was I run lots of multi-site businesses and i think you know if you if you put the ceo in to run a frontline service unless of course they've come up from the ranks and they're very much stayed in touch with what happens at frontline services which i would say is is rare on so many levels um there's no way you would want that person uh you know run especially if it's a deeply human service like you know children's nurseries or social care or specialist care or whatever in that leadership scenario you would want the person who knows that context who knows the care plans who knows um the children and the teams in terms of that would be way safer than taking a leader from the organization who you know who knows nothing about that that context um you know that situation versus you wouldn't put a site manager in to talk about you know, I, I don't know, the, 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 the financials for the last year in front of the board, for example. So it is contextual and it's about making it appropriate and thinking about it at the different levels and the, the conditions and the environments that people are, you know, people are working in. Because if you've got uh, an organizational context that, that, that varies from site to site or um you know we talked to a lot of organizations that have done a lot of m a work um you know so what's happening at the individual level the, the team the social level the organizational level that's gonna you're gonna have different contexts happening there i mean even a sort of a, a manager to sort of um a direct report relationship can be a completely different context you know as well in terms of if you've got somebody that's supportive that's curious that wants to learn um, and you're on a learning program, then that's going to look a lot more, um, 
conducive to being able to implement it and give things a go and have good conversations and develop common leadership language versus somebody who I think we talked about this in a previous podcast the old kind of glass boot boss where mm. you know they're threatened by anything that you say you know so so that contextual piece is so you know it's it's so relevant and it's so nuanced and and I think it's how how do we work with organizations to to understand that and understand the complexity within even the sort of what is the context and, and how does that play out and, and how do we work with that definitely and I think again that asking the insightful those right questions I mean I, I remember and this is gosh it's going back a long time I got I suppose it was my light bulb moment I made a uh, I made a, a really significant error in judgment it was it was a second restructuring that I'd ever undertaken I think I was I don't know mid-twenties um probably just thrown in at the deep end and I'd you know I'd done my MBA and I'd done my other post-grad certificates and I got my models and I and I remember you know the, the, the last project I'd done was a relatively small change and and the models had, had worked quite well but actually this was this was huge it was it was a global uh, restructuring and a I remember just launching straight into the good old force field analysis, stakeholder analysis, swim lanes and the other interestingly named models of which actually some of them I still use today. Um, but I'd been so busy applying a one size fits all model that I hadn't looked on the outside. And when I actually put my head out of it, everybody around me was drowning because the context was completely different and I was forcing through a, a model and a framework that in, in and of itself and on its own is, is, is perfectly valid but needs to be nuanced and used in the right way within the context and you've got to understand that first mm. you've got to map your territory first Absolutely. And I, think, I mean, one of the best articles I've read about the importance of context, context is, and I know you're really familiar with this one, is The Great Training Robbery. Robbery, um, yeah. Our business <laughs> yeah. school paper from 2012. And it's still, you know, I read it again recently, it's still one of the best papers, I think, that kind of really talks about and really spells out why context is important and it talks about you know what are the kind of six barriers that they identified and and interestingly one of the key ones was the inability to speak truth to power you know that that sort of stuff and i think that's right i think if in, in your situation hopefully you were luckily enough um where you 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 know you've got that self-awareness so you can put your head up and look and go oh my god you know what have i done what was i thinking sort of thing <laughs> but how many people have got that self-awareness in leadership roles either because they're kind of head down bum up just trying to especially in the current circumstances where people are working even harder trying to deal with the whole kind of remote working piece um trying to deliver you know goals that were pr probably set pre-covid or strategies that were set pre-covid and now it's kind of de deliver that in you know in this much more complex sort of uncertain environment so at least you had that awareness to put your head up but you know one of the things we see and this is one of the the areas where, where we can kind of really support on, and, and work with organizations in terms of how do you lift your head up and have that look see in terms of what is the context and and create that level of awareness and what are the things that help people do that and then once they've done that what does you know what, what does that mean what does that look like it's the kind of you know it, it's the so what of right how do we work with that now that we've got that awareness or that data how, how can we use it to 
to to have the context that we want rather than the one that we've ended up with by default yeah so you're so you're so right it's that it's that ability to to heads up heads up and to be able to understand how to map what's around you what would you do what what's i mean we're we're passionate i mean i know we've got we've got a ton of experience we've got a load of research but i know both you and i are passionate about making this real world about making it incredibly practical in terms of the tools and the knowledge that that we share with with all those that that we work with um what would, what would your key takeaway be around that heads up well it's a bit like um was it kurt lewin that said there's nothing so practical as a good theory in my book there's nothing so practical as a good context map um and if I think about how my thinking on this has evolved over um, over the last few years and stuff, so if I go back to five, six years ago, a content map would have been some big picture stuff around, you know, technology and uh, technological advancements, the economy, social changes, political environment, you know, that sort of thing. Maybe a bit about what's happening on the ground, where you know, you know, your customers and the people in the organisation, your stakeholders, shareholders. Um, but it's kind of developed into three levels, I think, and it's finding the third level that I've found to be the most interesting. And I have to, I have to give a bit of a shout out to my, um, uh, to Dr. Richard Hale, who created what we were doing um, when I was doing the masters and the doctorate and stuff. In terms of, he created this knowledge map, and one of the things that he evolved in his knowledge map was this notion that you you don't just look at the kind of you know the blue sky or what's happening on the ground. You also look at what's happening underground. And, um, and so when Richard kind of produced the What's Happening Underground, I linked that, I asked him if I could kind of, you know, borrow it. Um, so I linked the notion of what's happening with the, um, from the underground point of view with my fixation with barriers, bias and beliefs, and the notion that if you look at the big picture, you look at what's happening on the ground, you're going to get, people are going to probably be able to be fairly sort of um, honest and, and say what they think and be open. And I think when you're doing a context mapping exercise, whether you're doing it with folk in the room, um, whether you're doing it virtually these days, I'm a massive fan of the, you know, the whiteboard or the brown paper, make it visual, make it sort of interactive, make it, make it feel like a kind of social process of doing it together. Um, but the most interesting bit was when I started to introduce the underground and talk about okay what are, what are the barriers um you know what are the barriers that might get in the way and and one that frequently comes up is the whole can we speak truth to power and when the room goes silent at that point that's when you know we probably have figured out the answer to that then there's the whole bias piece around you know implicit bias and conscious bias and and how do you how do you start to ask the questions ask the right questions to kind of uncover some of that which then might take kick in massively to the DE&I agenda in terms of diversity, equity and inclusion. And then there's the limiting beliefs in terms of what are the limiting beliefs that we've got. And that's when I think you really start to figure out the individual context in terms of what's the worldview? What is the perspective that people are bringing to, um, you know, to, to the context map that might never have been surfaced and, you know, and things. And so, and that's when you can really, you know, pardon the pun, but you can go quite deep with the underground piece in terms of really understanding what's happening. And of course, you get enormous variation from there is a lot of psychological safety, there's a lot of openness, there's a lot of honesty, there's a lot of trust in the room in the organization, and, and you know, um, you can have really good, open, and honest conversations. 
And then, and Suzanne, you and I have talked about this in terms of some of the organisations that we've both worked with where there's a high level of toxicity and, um, and people can't, people are terrified to speak with so much, you know, fear and so much unsaid. And obviously, depending on the nature of that organisation, that can be, can create an incredibly unsafe uh, work environment. So that's a very quick trot through of kind of um, Carol's top tips for context mapping, but it, but it is the uh, it's the underground piece that I think is the sort of so if you're doing one, always allow plenty time for you know for that bit. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right, and, and there's definitely a song coming on. I'm sure I can feel it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to try. I'm not going to attempt it. If I could sing, I'd give it a go, but I really can't. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's probably beyond our own context mapping but uh yeah I, yeah the thing is there is there is a process to it um and it's it's that ability to be able to to, to put your head up and, and and look around and you know it's it's also having the capacity to know that this is not all on one leader's shoulders this is this is about the collective minds the collectiveness and you're so right creating the environment that is psychologically safe that there's trust um, in the in the, the room to be able to, to pull all that that together and to find the unknown unknowns mm. um, and, and there's so much around that that links to the sort of human leadership because this this new era, this new fourth era, era 4.0, if you like, needs leadership 4.0. We need a different way of approaching that and to get that, that heads up. So do you think you can, do you think you have to just look at yourself or do you think you can look around you and at others um, in order to, to learn and to be able to help you look at your own context? Yeah, I think, I think you can. And I think if I look at, other areas I've looked other industries or other leaders there's two that really spring to mind in terms of even though the the industry and the context was completely different um being able to 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 look at what they've done and, and how they've done things and one of them one that really springs to mind is I'm a massive fan of Netflix not just not just watching it and Orange is the New Black really the latter seasons really shaped by thinking about how not to run a corporate organization so if you've watched it you'll know what I'm talking about um but actually Netflix, the organization, shared their 120 slide deck, which talked about how they built their organization based on their culture and their context. And again, different context, but so much of it was so relevant because it was about how do we get this right for our people and how do we grow you know, quickly and, and keep it right for our people. So that, that for me was really interesting. And then the other one, probably an even less likely place I expected to get inspiration was from the Australian Army and um, Lieutenant General David Morrison who was doing a lot of work around gender equality and inclusion and really how they could sort of start to eradicate sexism in the Australian military. And he came up with an expression which was, or is, the standard you walk past is the standard you accept. And I read that in a, in a book about gender equality and it really stuck with me. And then I was speaking to um, one of our investors previously who, who is Australian and, and she, she said it's on YouTube, watch them on YouTube. And, and we actually took that, and when I was the CEO of the Guard at the time, we used that, that saying um, and implemented it as part of our work on culture. And it was so transferable to our context, you know, looking after vulnerable adults. And so I think it, it is about understanding your context, but I think it's also about being open to learning and being willing to share things that you're learning in your context that may well be transferable to other organizations, you know, in a spirit of 
of, of collaboration. So yeah, I think you can definitely look at different contexts. It's got to be relevant and it's got to be applicable, otherwise it would be less than helpful. But th those, were, those were two areas for me that certainly developed my thinking about how do you, how do you make it relevant in your context? Yeah, I, I love that last one. Um, thank you. So thanks for listening. Um, and if, if while you've been listening to this, have you thought that this really resonates? Uh, what are the problems you're trying to solve? Can you, can you see your territory in the future clearly? The solutions that you need to get must help you to continually learn how to really see your context not not through um, confinement but actually to be able to help you stay true to your values and, and your purpose and to be able to help you to um, map out your organization and to develop your human leadership capability uh, fit for for industry four as we move forward so if you'd like to know more about the tools knowledge and the leadership programs we deliver to help you establish your human organization or if you'd just like to share your thoughts, then please do get in touch. Check our website for more information at glassmoon.co.uk. There you'll find our blog on the power of context in leadership development. But thank you again for listening. Follow us on LinkedIn and Twitter to keep up with our latest news. Remember to share, leave some review, subscribe and check back for any episodes you may have missed. Until next time. <laughs>